everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 148. Today we are going to be continuing our Francis Ford Coppola Corner with a review of the 1996 film Jack, followed by a review of the new horror film Evil Dead Rise. So without further ado, let's get into our Francis Ford Coppola Corner. Please, don't worry so much. Because in the end, none of us have very long on this earth. Life is fleeting. And if you're ever distressed, cast your eyes to the summer sky when the stars are strung across the velvety night and when a shooting star streaks through the blackness turning night into day. Make a wish. Think of me. Make your life spectacular. I know I did. So, everybody, this is, um, it's been like two months since we did a Coppola film, by the way, I think. Since we did Dracula, right? Maybe a month, maybe a month and a half. It's been a while. I know we skipped a few. It's, it's been a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. A couple so weeks. We didn't watch, yeah, a couple weeks, not a couple months. I mean, <laughs> it was like, not since the 2022 have we talked about you. <laughs> so we always give a little trivia. The last one that we did do was Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is in 1992. Um, and if this, if this is your first time listening to us, we are actually close to finishing now, by the way. Our Francis Ford Coppola reviews, we started all the way from Dementia 13, his first theatrical released film. Uh, leading it all the way to his final film coming up here, Megalopolis, eventually. But um, we are now in the era where we are in the mid-90s, and he didn't make too many films after this one coming up. So we are mm. nearing the end of our journey, which is still probably going to take a few more months. Yeah, it'll it'll be a brief yeah. hiatus, if anything. <laughs> just yeah. come back for one more hurrah. So until then, we are still the Francis Ford Coppola podcast. Oh, yeah. So some trivia, since uh, Dracula to Jack here, we're going to give you, a, there's not too much info on it, of course, because it's during, you know, after Dracula, it's kind of, you know, I don't think Coppola was known to for too much, too much stuff after this. He produced a lot, but directing wise, this is about Jack. So Coppola's next project was Jack, which was released on August 9th, 1996, although a moderate box office success, grossing 58 million domestically on an estimated 45 million budget. It was panned by critics, many of whom disliked the film's abrupt contrast between actual comedy and tragic melodrama. It was also unfavorably compared with the 1988 film Big, in which Tom Hanks also played a child in a grown man's body. Most critics felt that the screenplay was poorly written, not funny, and had unconvincing and unbelievable drama. Other critics felt that Coppola was too talented to be making this type of film. Although ridiculed for making the film, Coppola has defended it, saying he's not ashamed of the final cut of the movie. He had been friends with Robin Williams for many years and had always wanted to work with him as an actor. When Williams was offered the screenplay for Jack, he said he would only agree to do it if Coppola agreed to sign on as director. Francis Ford Coppola said, quote, Jack was a movie that everybody hated and I was constantly damned and ridiculed for. I must say I find Jack sweet and amusing. I don't dislike it as much as everyone, but that's obvious. I directed it. I know I should be ashamed of it, but I'm not. I don't know why everyone hated it so much. I think it was because of the type of movie it was. It was considered that I had made Apocalypse Now, and I'm like a Marty Scorsese type of director, and here I am making this dumb Disney film with Robin Williams. But I was always happy to do any type of film. End quote. Yeah. It's a very similar kind of him defending uh, the Keanu Reeves um, accent and, and casting, I feel. If that makes sense. Well, I think that he's, I think that's a very good um, quote from him saying a lot of people compared him to Martin Scorsese or even Brian De Palma and things like that, because he was always happy to just take on, if he liked the story, he thought it was worthwhile. He directed it. It didn't matter what genre it was. He was, he's always been very much a part of the, the, the script uh, writing of the film and trying to get his vision on the screen. And as we've kind of gone through a lot of his um, 
you know his his filmography we've been able to see him you know his tricks of the trade as far as the director's concerned but in every film yeah. it's never been about I'm I'm only doing gangster films or I'm only doing heavy dramas or something. It's it's what he was passionate about and he's made his choices even for the ones that were financially detrimentally debilitating for him. <laughs> he he still was <laughs> happy to make those one films, you know. You talking about one yeah. for the heart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you must be you must be mentioning one for the heart. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's made some poor yeah. decisions, especially monetarily, but he always, you, you can see in every film, there was passion behind it. He was, you know, doing it because he loved the project, even if there was problems yeah. surrounding it. Yeah. And I mean, we've we've also seen now through like, God, this got to be like 20 films in, guys. <laughs> um, like he's done other movies from those popular ones. We've, we've seen all of his movies yeah. up to this point yeah. now, so... That's why reading that quote too, I'm like, it makes sense. Yeah, I can see that now. Before I would have never understood that. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. So like, but uh, he's yeah, done like what two or three musicals too. So it's like, well, I mean, I didn't even think he, I didn't even know he did those. To tell you the truth, so right. yeah. Before doing this with you guys, I just always saw him like he said in his quote as a Martin Scorsese type of director, like doing these, you know, serious films that have huge stakes and are deep and emotional and. Now I'm like, holy shit, he really was like everywhere. He did like every, almost every single freaking genre that we could think of. Did you guys Intense. see why Robin Williams was casting this, by the way, too? What had happened with uh, Aladdin? No. I don't know if you guys no. are aware of it. It was uh, the reason why he, he had first pick on this film because of um, it was called like an apology clause or something like that because he, he, he had only agreed to do... Aladdin to play Genie if they did not include him in any of the advertisements or promotional things for it because he wanted you know he didn't want to be like the focus of everything on that and Disney did not do that obviously that. was heavily yeah. advertised uh, for Aladdin so he I, I think it was like a legal matter actually so Damn. they burned him on that shit so he had like as an apology, that some kind of contract was written up where like any movie he wanted to do that was Disney, like orientated, basically, like he could, he had the first pick. Like there was no 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 nobody else because I, I think John Travolta was actually like the front runner for this apparently, right? I, I, I that I did hear I that that Travolta was was the yeah. first choice. Yeah, so <laughs> but because Bill. Robin Williams wanted to do it, they were like, well, we have to do him, and then because. He and then you know with the Bill's part that he read, like he would only do it if Coppola was going to be on as director. On top of that, so he also wanted to work with Makes um, sense. with Coppola. I, I don't know if you noticed actually, they filmed a lot of this movie. Actually, there are some scenes in Vallejo. Um, I don't know if you noticed that uh, Mare Island, right? Yeah, it's, close it's to right where there. Mark on where I live actually, which is mm -hmm. kind of cool. Yep. Um, there's a few uh, you know places like close to San Ramon, I think too. And then obviously San Francisco, so it was all shot around. Yeah, there, so it, it took place in Marin County, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nope. All right, let's uh, move on to the review of Jack. Nature has given us all an internal clock. Your son's seems to be ticking faster than usual. But he's healthy. Absolutely. However, his cells are developing at four times a normal rate. If this continues throughout his life by the time he reaches age 10, he could appear to be an ordinary, full-grown, 40-year-old man. I'm telling you, he's our age, but he looks 40. Jack Powell is a grown-up on the outside. Why ain't he in school? But on the inside... Marco! Bolo, he's all boy. Ah! All right, so Jack sitting at a whopping 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. And <laughs> the plot of this one is because of an unusual disorder that has aged him four times faster than a typical human being. Jack looks like a 40-year-old man as he starts fifth grade at public school after being homeschooled. This is, again, directed by Francis Ford Coppola as we are continuing our Coppola corner. Coming in close to the, to the end here. 
Written by James DeMonaco, who did The Negotiator in 1998, Assault on Precinct 13 in 2005, and The Purge in 2013, surprisingly enough. Also written by Gary Nadeau. Released on August 9th, 1996, it had a budget of $45 million, and its box office gross was a mere $58.6 million. So, Apparently it didn't to, make money, uh, though. So, it did. It, it you know, not it, a lot. It, it barely broke even. But I, but I, for I a movie, will say be this much. Yeah, but for Coppola stuff, I mean, like, not bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anything with a positive above the budget is a good thing, even if it doesn't cover marketing costs. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, like, like, you know what? He did make double to cover marketing costs. <laughs> yeah. So I know normally you have to get like double the budget to be be considered yep. successful or some shit. But I'm like, you know what? He did okay for this. <laughs> the eighties just like he came even at the front end, right? Yeah, the the eighties, like I said, just wrecked him. I remember every time we said something, and he lost another forty million dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, this doesn't include uh, video releases. I'm assuming. No. I'm assuming oh, not. And I did yeah. see see no. a lot of this. Yeah, a lot of these nineties films probably more in the on VHS. So probably yeah. some a lot of people did. It's got a lot more common during this time period, especially ninety six. Yeah. I wonder if it had the Disney clamshell. <laughs> it might have actually. I think it yeah, did. Probably. Anyway. Movie no. stars the great Robin Williams as Jack. Diane Lane as Karen Powell. Brian Kerwin as Brian Powell. Jennifer Lopez as Ms. Marquez. Bill Cosby. Yep. I know. As Lawrence Woodruff. Fran Drescher as Dolores Durante, Todd Bosley as Eddie, and Michael McKean as Polly. Really nice cameo there. So again, we like to start with the history of the movie. We go down the line and see if we've seen it before, etc. So uh, I'm going to start with uh, Nabil. Uh, what's your history with the film? And have you seen Jack before prior to doing the podcast? Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen it quite a few times. I uh, used to watch it a lot on, I think it came on uh, HBO a few times. I believe at one point I owned a copy of it and I saw it a few times as well. So I don't, <laughs> oh, I'd never seen it in the theaters. So there is that caveat, but home video, I watched it quite a few times. All right. Okay. Uh, what about you, James? What's your history with the movie and have you seen it before? I actually have seen this movie before. I had not seen it in a long <laughs> time, but I saw this in theaters. I think I told you guys this. This is one of the... Um, oh. My parents took me out to see this movie when I was a kid. So I was only like seven or eight when it came out. So like kind of the key audience, I think, for this kind of film. Um, I went on base actually and saw it. I remember. So strange memory, right? But um, yeah, I, I've seen it. I, I want to say I also saw it on HBO too, Nabil. Because we had, yeah. you know, like everybody in back in the day, had, we black had black box, black box, black box. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I swear to God, this thing played like all the time. Right, I, I remember. Like, I mean, I think it was like HBO two or something that it was on all the time. Yeah, it was on one of them. I remember yeah. that or one of the channels. Because man, I remember seeing this movie like more than once. Because mm-hmm. I remember hey, they, the they had to make up their movie, their, their money somehow. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember when they were making. Well, yeah, because we also weren't paying for fucking HBO. I'm just saying. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Somebody on the street was sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look it up, everyone. Black box, greatest invention in the world. That's how I saw a lot yep. of movies. But yeah, I've seen it a couple times. Uh, but I haven't seen it probably since like the nineties. So this yeah. is a oh, okay a rewatch it's that like I a fresh seen. pair of eyes again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously not since I've learned a lot more about movies, and you know, I've, obviously back in the day as a kid, I did not know who Francis Ford Coppola was. And even looking through this list, I didn't even realize until we did this as well. I, I mean, obviously, a couple months ago, I realized it, but I didn't even realize he directed this movie. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. So I'm kind of that same person that was like, what do you mean he did this one? That's weird. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Looks like you guys have had some brief history with this one. I myself have no history with this movie. I remember seeing the trailer for it and not being interested at all. Yeah, I mean, you I mean, were like was, 45 at the time, right? So, I mean, it's uh, probably... 46, really actually. actually. I think it'd he come out after my birthday. Cigarette. He was so, in the bar yeah. scene. He's like, tell your hairy friend to get out of yeah. here. I was like, <laughs> nah, this is, this is not my bag, baby. Sorry, I'm going to go see some real <laughs> movies. 
<laughs> no, I yeah, I, I never seen it. I, I I never had interest in in watching it. Uh, I like you, James. I didn't know Francis Ford Coppola directed this too. I I was in shock. I was like Jack, like that fucking yeah. shitty Robin Williams movie. What? No way. Say swear. So yeah, never <laughs> seen it before. For first time ever. Yep, seeing it with fresh virgin eyes. So with that being said, uh, Nabil, what did you what did you think of Jack? I'm watching it as an adult. There's a lot of potholes. Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of things. I'm like a man now. I'm Jack more so than Jack apparently in some instances. Um, Yeah, I mean the film was fine. Very, it was it's way more kid focused than I realized. Even from the last time I watched it, watching it now, I'm like, okay, it really is for younger audiences, which didn't really come to mind at the time. Because, you know, you see a lot of Robin Williams films in the 90s. He always had that little sprinkle of adult flair into it, even even in, you know, some of the jokes like in Aladdin. This is very much tailored for kids. None of that flies in this movie. That's not happening here. (laughs) um, Yeah, it, it it was okay. It's I think the nostalgia was better than actually watching it again for me. Um, but mm-hmm. I was, I, I didn't, I just didn't realize how focus, how child focus it was, how children focus it was. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Uh, before we move on to James, just fair warning. We're, we're, we're going to go full spoilers on this. We do in all yeah, the Francis yeah. Ford Coppola like, movies. Just like every, so, every couple of films. Um, yeah. So if, I mean, just in case it's your first time listening really, to us, I wouldn't say there's much to spoil on this movie, but yeah, that's not uh, so. this one's been sure. holding off for fucking like seventeen years. Or they're like, man, don't ruin it for me now. now. Come on, hold on, man. Come on, I'm seeing plus. it this weekend. I promise myself. <laughs> Shit, come on. So, J- James, <laughs> what did you think of Jack? It's gonna blow you guys' mind, man. But I actually still like this movie quite a bit. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I think it has a really good message about life, and I think I'm going through a weird time right now in my own life where I. Th- there's like a really good message at the end of the film and something. I don't know. I just really needed that. I think so. I, I really liked Robin Williams in it too. I think it holds up something about Robin Williams. It always just makes me sad though. Every time I see him. Yeah. So it's definitely one of those things where like when I heard that Robin Williams died when I was, uh, God in high school now, I think it wasn't that long ago. It was, I feel like it was sooner than that. No, I was like maybe college. I, I was gen. That's one of the no, people was, that I was genuinely fucking sad about. Yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah, no, it was college. Yeah, it was in college when it happened. Yeah, but you I had been like, called. Fuck. Was, yeah. I was like, this is fucked up. So I'm thinking of uh, the Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> yeah, Steve Irwin. Oh, like, Steve Irwin died when you fucking know. Yeah, he died oh, in 2014, Robin Williams. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Oh, actually, fuck it. I wasn't even in college. I was a you fucking. College, I was yeah. just dying at Wells Fargo. So maybe, I mean, same thing. So. It is definitely one of those things where, yeah, there's a lot of dated shit. You now Bill Cosby's in it, but you know what? It it is it is more for kids, Nabil. I have to agree with you. I was expecting a way sadder movie because I remember as a kid, yeah. like this movie made me sad, just Agreed. the way that it's set up. And then this time around, I was like, that wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, that's why mm-hmm. I was like, damn, I really don't want to see a sad movie right now. So I was holding off on watching it for so long. And then I got the fucking stomach flu. So I was like, fuck it, I'll watch it now. Fever dream, so, baby. That's what yeah. I was like, let's do it. I'm in oh, the movie shit. too, guys. I was in the treehouse nice. at one point. I was like, oh, what happened? And then I disappeared back <laughs> to my bed. He, w- he was fucking outside of my window, just knocking. He was like, can I come inside? I was like, whoa, hey, bro. You're right. I actually laughed like quite a bit. Um, just because yeah. like the thing between the kids and stuff, I was like, that's shit that kids do, man. They talk like he that. actually they, laughed they cried, like that. to be honest. Shit, maybe, but um, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Obviously, yeah, not a perfect thing. It actually is. It gets to the point way quicker, too, by the way. I was like, damn, yes. I really thought there was a little more between this. So, I mean, yeah, it's not the meatiest fucking thing, but I don't know. It just it yeah. worked for me. I like the uh, overall message about life. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I, I think all. you're fucking wild, but that's okay. No, I'm just kidding. No, that, that's, a, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> I, I thought it was okay. Surprisingly, yeah. no. I thought I was going to fucking absolutely hate this movie. It's but got I Robin didn't. Williams, bro. How the fuck are you going to hate I think Robin? it's that. Look, I think I think it's it's because of Robin Williams and his legacy. And yeah, James, like you, I, I was fucked up when I heard he passed. You know, it, dude, it yeah, just dude. Me I was like, I watched Hook especially for, for our a whole age. week. Especially for our age movie. is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I know Marco's like 74 years older than us, but. 
I mean, for some of us, we grow we grew up with like Miss Doubtfire and shit, you know? No, I'm just yep. Mark we did too. But oh. and, like, <laughs> you know, it's like when you hear about certain actors, like, I mean, it's like, damn, like, really? That's fucked up, you know? We like, we damn. watched a lot of Robin Williams movies with my dad. Oh, and by so, the way, like, I do love Hook. You guys know I love Hook, by the way, Marco. Just because. Oh yeah, I, mean, dude, my I users, fucking love Hook. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Hook. Yeah, yeah. My username is based on someone from Hook, the Lost Boy. Yeah. You know? So it's like, oh yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I, I still that movie. I, even though Spielberg is ashamed of it, and I think that movie is Which, still great. That's crazy. I mean, so, Marco's yeah. wearing the green tunic right now. It's insane, dude. It's super tight. I am. Too. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it is from 1991. <laughs> I ripped a few holes in it, but that's okay. Don't worry. I got the little yellow sword, too. It's, it's, it looks like a knife on me. Why <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got that pocket knife on you, Marco? <laughs> that's my sword. Is that a oh, fucking shit, letter man. opener? What the fuck yeah. is that? <laughs> Why is it so shiny, man? I polish it every night. Damn, bro. Is he wearing hook dude. earrings? Bro, that wasn't even part of the wardrobe. <laughs> oh, shit. You think you're oh, a man? man but yeah. I'm going to do hook one day, guys. <laughs> I'm on, dude, I'm on the fucking roof just like doing a rooster call. <laughs> can you call like hook? No, can you call like pan? Oh, Get off the fucking roof, freak! No. So yeah, dude, I, I think that the, <laughs> I think the memory of Robin Williams helped bring m- my thoughts on this a little higher. That and Francis Ford Coppola, I see what he was trying to do. Yeah. yeah okay, Bill Cosby scenes did not age too well. I'm just gonna say it, dude. Every scene was kind of cringy, just because, like, man. Can I mention though? I did laugh at him though. Yeah, there, there were some funny scenes. Yeah. I liked. When I was talking about I was farts. I just realized I was like, I'm 34. I'm immature as fuck. I just realized. <laughs> yeah. <that> like, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, that's why my girlfriend that's younger than me, I think she's more mature than me, or older than yeah. me at, at times. All right, this, this, this lines up. This lines up. I, right. I watched this with my brother, and we, we were riffing on those scenes, on, on all his scenes. We were like, oh, my God, this guy. <laughs> we're like, keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him. Anyway. Oh, that's horrible. I mean, there were whatever. Guys, um, there, was, there was no women yeah. in that one. Yeah, yeah, oh, but they're safe. I mean, still, he's he's crazy. Anyway, I know, um, dude. Isn't it weird? I yeah. Mean, so, I mean, sidebar, like you guys definitely saw him. Like he was already raping people a bunch by this time. Yeah, oh, fuck. yeah. I know. It's hard to it's hard to separate the artist from the fucking project. But I'm like, oh fuck, it's too hard with this one, man. So yeah, not but, the same way. But yeah, you know, it was it was okay. Yeah, it was just kind yeah. of middle of the road for me. So, um, what what did you think of Robin Williams' performance, Nabil, in this one? I, I mean, I agree with James. That's what sells it. I, I actually, that was the more enjoyable part of the film is that he played a child so well and and in a serious way. Like, yeah, there were some comedy aspects of it, but the, his mannerisms, the way he, you know, he was a timid child being around a bunch of kids he'd never had to be around. He they showed the scene where he was in love with his teacher and just trying, you know, the, the I was in love with his teacher girl. too. So that's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. well I mean, like I mean, every. It was <laughs> everything that he did the between spending time with his family to his wanting to be out with his friends to being too scared and wanting to be indoors not because it was a shame Mm -hmm. like he played it so real like you you totally believed that he was a child that just looked like a grown man like it was easy to kind of follow suit with him uh, this the scene where where he's crying in his dad's shoulders and he's begging him not to homeschool him again like i'm not gonna lie that scene kind of cut me deep dude He's just yeah. there and he runs to his dad and it's like, yeah, he's in a full grown body, but his, you know, his dad is there and just like holding him and, you know, telling him it's going to be okay. So I, that, yeah, there were those scenes that I, like you said, Robin Williams sells it. Yeah, definitely. Man. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, it, that was a film, you know, if, if there was anything around it that people were upset about, he, his mm-hmm. performance in there, I think was just solid for, for what he was supposed to be portraying. And that was great. Absolutely. I agree. James, what were your thoughts on the overall plot since you seem to enjoy this movie? It, it's kind of it. I, I, I'm just moving way fucking longer, dude. As a kid. Yeah, I do too. See, I remember being longer. Did, did we see a director's cut? Goddamn. That's, I really did. Is I was, it because this is nice times. times on fucking HBO and we're like, I'm just combining fucking two screens. Of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, you know, a lot of times back in the day, you didn't watch the whole thing through, but because you had a black box, you're like, I'll be mm-hmm. back. I'll be on again tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just pick it up. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But um, it's really like simple, actually. Now that I like, I thought there Pretty was more time between when Jack is like, okay, because he has the heart condition, right? And 
he's aging faster and they're like he, he needs to stay home i swear to god i thought that was like the majority of the film not like the last 20 minutes i was like what the hell i was like what the hell so i don't know why so it's okay like i said it you know what this reminded me of guys and i didn't like it was big? like his set to cope no i like big <laughs> yeah cool. i like big too <laughs> Even though Big has got some stuff too, and it like it reminded me of like New York Stories, his segment in there, right? That was very kid centric. Yeah, the kid centric one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like you guys know, I fucking hated that fucking whole thing. So it's like <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, this was like a lot more enjoyable for me. But it moved quicker than I thought. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. And like, it would have been nice just to get a little more drama out of it, but then. I get it. It's just, it's actually overall like a like a common. It's like a, I guess you could say a dramedy, right? I would have I would have liked I to guess. see more of the drama around his parents because there was something there, like with Diane yes, Lane's they're, they're character specifically. Too. Yeah, yeah, you can hear like the frustrations that they're going through, the the decision of having to go back to school, mm-hmm. the, trying to have him deal with the pains of dealing with other kids and looking mm-hmm. different. I mean, they don't even address. Again, I go back to the falling in love with his teacher, him kissing Jennifer Lopez, his teacher, for a minute, and I think like. JLo as a teacher, she handled that really well. I liked how that was portrayed on screen to she kind of dismiss the child. Like, yeah, but that didn't that wasn't really addressed from a parent perspective, and he didn't go further into that. like there were some there were some aspects of it where there was uh, an entry of like there's this is going to be something dramatic that we should we we want to touch on, but it was just kind of there, and they moved on to the next thing or probably alleviated yeah. with co- with with comedy rather than letting the parents deal with it or even. Um, uh, Bill Cosby's character like addressed it a little bit to kind of coach him through it. You know, he he didn't get a lot of the uh, the emotional support as a character. It was more you just got to see him experience it as a child and then, yeah, like a child, I move agree. on to the next thing. They didn't I let agree. those things breathe, really. Yeah, it's yep. like you said, well, it just jumped from one to to another, and it's like you may, maybe you kind of linger on that a little bit. You're touching on a very like serious topic there. Serious topic. And yeah. the next minute, we're having yeah. like fucking fart jokes and shit. There's also no consistency too. some of the performances like didn't really help the, the you know, some of the subplots and stuff. It was just like, oh, that seems kind of cringy. Like, man, were they reading their lines at that point? Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> any uh, <laughs> uh, any thoughts on uh, on the comedy or I guess the, the, the drama that you wanted to add? To Nabil, aside from what you just said. Well, like what, what James had talked about earlier, the, the treehouse scene was, I think, probably every time they were in the treehouse, there's a few of those scenes. That was where there was the more uh, childish element of it, the childish, child-focused comedy with teenage, mm-hmm. or not teenage, but young boys playing around together, farting, making them eat disgusting things, talking about nasty. dirty magazines, being mean to girls, you know, and then uh, Bill Cosby's <laughs> character coming over there trying <laughs> to play with him too. Like, that, all that... <laughs> That was fun just to see them having fun and just acting like young kids. You know, that the amount I think of time those kind of stood out well. The amount of times they bought porno magazines, I was like, Gee, fuck, <laughs> fourth time, guys? I mean, it makes really? sense, though. I did think that was funny that scene where he's like, uh, Hustler yeah. and uh, these Tic Tacs. <laughs> well, it was funny. He added like, more like, to the left because he was behind him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, any any other scenes that stood out for you, James? Uh, the bar scene. I actually liked that one. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize oh, Michael McKean was in there, dude. Yeah, yeah and like that he was in there too. It's funny, and I like Michael McKean a lot. And it it, it almost because you know why I actually I forgot about the whole scene, and I thought Michael McKean's character Polly was going to be like a dick tournament or something, right? Because it kind of yeah. seems like it in the beginning, and then they're like right. fucking buddies by the end. I'm like, oh, he even helps him at the end. I'm like, that's cool. So. But that is another. Oh, I was gonna say that's another good scene of him, like just Robin Williams too, showing like like his insults back to the guy are like kid insults, you know. <laughs> so it's like Still he's funny. saying stuff that's like well, super and people. Like, oh, the, the, the crowd was laughing around him too, though, right? They were like all with it. It's like oh, you know, even though like, they were yeah, childish insults. Like, this is dumb as fuck. But <laughs> I don't know why. I just like that. So. No, that's a good scene. Yeah. And then obviously Anything? the end. I like the end too. This his yeah. speech uh, when he graduates. I thought it was really good. That was good. Yeah. That was the Oscar moments. shot. The teary, teary right. eyes over there. Or the yeah. red shot, depending which direction you go. What about you, Nabil? Anything that stood out for you? Um, 
I'm going to tell you, and you guys try to explain this to me because I feel like I was trying to explain this to my wife, oh my and God, she thinks, explain to you. Go for she, it. Man. She th- she <laughs> thinks to me that I'm. She says that I'm wrong. I, you know, I feel like the whole premise is that he's aging four times faster than any other person, right? So his, uh, yeah. the, the way they explain it is that his cells are rapidly growing four times faster than everybody else. And anything outside of that, he's normal. So wouldn't his mind also be developing faster? Wouldn't he be going through stages of like puberty and, and intelligence and everything, processing things quicker as well? So wouldn't he also be four times smarter than a lot of other people? So. No. That's that's where I was like, it's like reverse Benjamin Button. Like he's he's just growing faster, but mm-hmm. he's sh- not necessarily yeah. a child. He's only lived ten years, his, but he should have a lot more. He, uh, he may not be as mature as an adult. But the yeah. way I the way I saw it, Nabil, is his physiology was aging faster yeah. than his mind. Yes, like, right, yeah, like his mind was aging. But I mean, if his, all his cells are growing, wouldn't that also mean his brain is is that maturing is faster? That's true. I mean, so but then he could still have the adult brain, but he still has the mindset of a child, though. Because he's being raised as a child. He's not being raised as a man when he was That's true. If, he's, if that's how they're raising that's him, and look at it. They weren't at like five, like, hey, you need to start looking for a job. Right. But <laughs> he could probably, I mean, technically, if you want to look into the way you're looking at it, he would have the mental capacity to understand that at an earlier age, right. obviously. But the whole thing was they were trying to give their son, like, a normal life still. Like, Mm-hmm. This is trying how to live up as a child things and because his the whole basis of the film is that he does not have as much time as everyone else. So yeah. his time is limited and which he talks about at the very end and you have to make the most out of life. So like, don't mm-hmm. don't ponder on the what ifs. It's just like, you know, do as much as you can in in the short amount of time that you have. So it's kind of like, you know. Yeah. Did uh, did this movie strike you guys like as a Coppola film or, you know, did you think I it think was odd that this was in his freaking filmography? Yeah. So I think that if I didn't see the New York stories short film with mm-hmm. uh, Coppola and his story of, of, you know, the young child and that whole scenario, I would have thought that this movie would have been out of his realm. But after seeing that, even though I know James wasn't a big fan of it, uh, after seeing that this film makes, makes sense. Like it's, it's got the childish, uh, um, lens towards it and you mm-hmm. get the perspective it, that's i think that's something we didn't really touch on too much in it too yeah i know well <laughs> there's always shitting acting <laughs> around i don't think everybody was that bad to be honest but i do think that like we got to see uh this film through a child really through a child's lens like through jack's perspective versus seeing everything mm-hmm. through the adult's perspective you got adjacent stuff a little bit like we said didn't touch too much on um the adults and what they were going through raising a child like this we only got uh, adjacent stuff of that but a lot of this film was focused on jack and his perspective and that makes sense comp- uh, when you're comparing it to watching a film like new york stories mm-hmm. we even got the pov shots which i thought was kind of different yeah yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Like a but, uh, what about for yeah. What what about you for you, James? Did this strike you odd for a couple of film or did one the bill check out? Much echo- I'm echoing the bills there. Like if if we it would it would let's say this much, it would have been more odd if we hadn't watched all the other films, I think, leading up to this, because then we wouldn't have any context to like what he's done before. And obviously like most most people that probably watch it or you know, you probably just know about like the heavy hitters, I'm assuming. So mm-hmm. it's like all right. you know. So uh n- n- not really. I don't think it was super odd, like Nabil said. So I agree with him. Yeah, I, th- I think when Nabil says checks out too, it's if it weren't for New York stories, then we wouldn't have seen like kind of the proto version of this and what a Coppola child like film would look family like. Family movie, I guess. Yeah, yeah family movie. But we we got a taste of it there, and now we got to see a full feature one, and you know had had its you know bumps on the road. Wasn't necessarily perfect. Kind of like I said, middle of the road. Yeah. So that being said, I think we've reached the moment where we rate the film one out of five stars, with five stars being great, one star being, you know, poop, or zero stars <laughs> being poop, actually. Uh, I think I'll start with uh, BDJ on this one. Well, I mean, I'm probably going to rate this the highest out of anybody. I give this one a three and a half out of five stars. Oh, damn. Okay. Look at that. All right. A little shock in there. All right. What about you, Nabil? What do you rate this film? I gave this a three 
stars out of five. Oh shit! Yeah, I'd watch it again, right? Like it's it's a film I'd still see. So I don't think it was a terrible film. It's it's tailored to kids. I well, I guess I'm the odd duck here. I'm the lowest one. I I gave it two and a half stars. You know, it's it's not great. It's not super bad. It's got its charm to it. I mean, again, we've all said it numerous times. Robin Williams, you know, sells it. It's a Coppola yeah. film, and he does add his own little style to it. Um, I agree with James that the the message and the, the speech at the end that he gives, I think, is touching, especially if you're, you know, in a weird place in your life or whatever. I think it, it'll really hit home. So, yeah, yeah with that, I, I know you guys would probably recommend it, I'm assuming. Yeah. Maybe to yeah, someone who has a kid. Worth a watch. Good Robin Williams yeah. film, if anything. I yeah. yeah I think I, if and if, if you've never seen it too, I think it's gonna be a little hidden gem, maybe. So Yeah. I, I'd say maybe if you're curious. I mean it's on Disney Plus. I mean you're not if you're already yeah, paying for the subscription, it's, it's not really gonna cost yeah. you extra. So mm-hmm. yeah. Pretty much it. Yeah. Any other closing thoughts, guys? Do you guys have? Yeah, that that opening scene was uh not what I was expecting with <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What am I watching?" That, yeah, that it was, was kind of wild. I'm not gonna lie, though. I, I will say that was, that was very esque right there. There's a lot of intensity happening. Well, one thing I didn't mention was uh, the the whole basketball scene when he's playing basketball. I think that scene was also dunking really on them kids. Yeah, I was like, I, mean, okay, I would assume he go. would. Shit, you know that? Yeah, you know just, that fucking thing was lowered. I'd be like, just dunk on him, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's just bragging to his dad after. I thought that was touching. So, yeah, that, he, the uh, scene where he's actually telling his dad about his Dane stuff, it, it reminds yeah. me of how like a kid talks yeah. and tells you shit too. <laughs> that was that was yeah. like yeah. slow the fuck scene. down, dude. You're telling me a lot of shit that I have no context to. Like, oh, yep. okay, and he, he got, just he like, and his down. dad's just like, yeah, that sounds great, you know. I'm like, been there. I just got nieces and nephews, but I'm like, sure, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just all nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, I gotta yeah. go. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, good stuff. It's cool seeing Diane Lane, by the way. As we know now, also seeing all these films, like this is a, what her third or fourth Coppola film. Yeah, yeah. So, still good. I'm surprised. Still doing That's great. Also, something I didn't know. Well, that concludes our review of the Francis Ford Coppola film Jack. Thank you, Marco. Let's move on now to our review of Evil Dead Rise. No matter how busy you ever got, you always found time for me. I can't believe I'm never gonna speak to you. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, What is this, Danny? I found it. currently sitting with an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. The story is a twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of Family Imaginable. The film was directed by Lee Cronin, who also did The Hole in the Ground in 2019, and he also was the writer of this film. The film is currently in theaters as of April 21st. It stars Lily Sullivan as Beth, Alyssa Sutherland as Ellie, Morgan Davies as Danny, Gabriel Eccles as Bridget, and Nell Fisher as Cassie. So I'm going to start with James, and because he's our resident Evil Dead specialist here. What Before we go into anything else, what did you think about this film Compared to some of the Evil Dead films, the other ones. Oh, compar- you want me to start with that first, like comparing yeah. it to those? Mm-hmm. Um, I it, it's a 
That's a tough one, actually. I would say that it's a um, it's a smaller kind of story overall. It's a little bit more contained than the other Evil Dead films, if that makes sense. As you guys know, I believe last year we watched all of them, right? Was it last year or year before? Yeah, I think it was last. Yes, yeah, it was I last so. year. Yeah, thanks for all 72 people that listened to that one. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you. So, yeah, fuck you guys. It was a great series, um, though, guys. Yeah, and I've, I've I've even watched all three seasons of uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. So mm-hmm. comparing it to the, th- it, it, it's definitely the least funny, if that makes sense, out of all of them. Not a lot of comedy in this one. A lot more just straight to the horror. But it does have that same kind of spirit of everything too. It, but as you guys, you guys probably know, this was originally made to come out as an HBO Max like original mm-hmm. film or something like that too. Straight so, to streaming, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. And it kind of has that did- feel to it sometimes. I think because it's. It's just kind of more contained. It's like a smaller, smaller story, setting. but I liked yeah, it. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. So, do you? What did you think about um, the actual characters in the film? And did you feel like this? Uh, where, like in the other films, with the exception of, I guess the the most what most recent ten year old film of the yeah, Evil 10 Dead years ago, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. Do you feel like there was a standout like Ash was in those original films? Was there anything unique here, or did they all kind of play their part? Like, how did you feel? Yeah, about the characters? I, I liked. Um, I mean, Beth is basically like our protagonist. I would say if you're going to look at anybody that's in that kind of Ash role, which I'm not still not trying to compare to Ash because Ash is such a unique character, character, and even yeah. like the 2013 mm-hmm. version of Ash is like a. She was pretty kick-ass, too. Beth mm-hmm. is really cool. I think the biggest standout, really, is Alyssa Sutherland, who is, um, you know, that, that if you've seen the trailer, she's the mother, and she's infected pretty early on, and I think mm-hmm. she does a great job. As I would say that she's probably technically the antagonist of the film, if you look mm-hmm. at it that way, or at least possessed by the to antagonist. Extent, yeah. I think she's a standout. She's uh, really creepy at times, and she's super over the top. It's pretty awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Marco? Uh, how did you feel about the characters in this film? Uh, I thought that they all worked well, man. I th- I thought that they did a great job at establishing the family at first and kind of seeing, giving us a point of view of where their situation was. They weren't necessarily in a in a good situation in life. I mean, they were uh, just a not really big of a spoiler, but I mean, they were getting ready to get evicted and shit within like thirty days, and then all of a sudden this shit happens to them. And uh, I agree <laughs> with James that. Um, uh, the uh, the mother character, I think she was definitely you know the standout. She was a scene stealer. Like she goes from being this you know kind of caring, stressed out mother to just being this you know super evil possessed being that just does a whole bunch of fucked up shit. Uh, there's it's some quick too, Marco. Right? I would say yeah. like it's a quick turn. Like yeah, like, dude. When it, yeah, she like, did. That's it. We're not getting more of the last one. Like it's going straight to the shit now. <laughs> She she has this fucking smile that's so with her eyes like she does this face it's super creepy and they they do different you see it from different like aspects like a close up a medium shot and one where she's far away where you can still distinctively see her face and it is fucking freaky and I'm like goddamn that's good but yeah I I think that the the characters you know all worked out um the the brother you know. Danny, you th- you think maybe you know he's he's going to be like, you know, useless throughout the movie, but he's not. He's you know protective brother. Um, the the two sisters I felt were you know were really good in it as well too. The acting um of the younger daughter Cassie Nell Fisher. You know how I am with kid actors, man. They're either yeah. hit or miss. She did really good, dude. There are some scenes where I'm she's just like, damn, good. dude, she's fucking killing these scenes. Um, for like a smaller budget movie, that's actually pretty cool. So, yeah, man. How do you feel, Marco, like with the sense of, you know, such stronger character actors in this film? How do you feel that that added to the overall like plot of this film? I know James mentioned it is kind of a more contained, smaller movie. Do you think with this kind of premise that it did it justice, like it, it served well? Or do you think that we could have we should have gotten more from this movie? Like, what did you think about the film overall? In that sense? Truthfully, I, I think it was enough. For, for the type of story it was. I mean, they, they were, you know, obviously inspired from the other films in the series. But for for the setting and for the aspects that they took from the original series, I think it worked. I think the smaller scale added that bit of more realism. I We recently saw a movie that, you know, that took place 
you know, in, in one single setting, you know, knock at the cabin. Um, that fucking movie also, you know, worked for its plot. And I think that this, this movie, you know, sort of took a Same. page off of that. And it, it, it makes you sort of care more for the characters as well. You know, it, it added stakes to the movie and it, for some reason it, it made it that much more, you know, creepier. I think it was just a, a enough and the smaller budget, I think, helped elevate the story because, you know, you, you don't have enough money, you know, to to showcase, you know, this this grand, you know, I, you know, set piece or whatever. So you have to make the characters, you know, do more to carry the film. And I think that worked. Yeah, I, I would actually I would agree with that. And even even more so the sense of the, the stakes were much heavier because you're dealing with a specific family. So each person who's impacted yeah. by the events that are going on, it feels more visceral. Like you you feel it's not like the the teenage cheerleader at the jock, you know, making out over here and then somebody gets murdered in the corner or, or the nerd over here that's going to get, you know, survive to the end or whatever it is. Like those tropes aren't really there and you get to see th it's really the family. I mean, like the, what is it? Is it, uh, the mother, Ellie, she's kind of, uh, punk, right? She's got the punk aspect. Mm -hmm. She's a tattoo artist, something like that. And then yeah. the, the sister is a, I think she's a guitar, guitar tech, tech, guitar technician. Yeah. So they all have like this kind of punkish aspect. And then the kids also have their things. One person is a DJ. The other one is like a eco warrior kind of thing. And then the youngest one is just kind of, you know, just a, a girl who likes to do crazy things with her dolls, <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. but, but it's a family unit. Like you, you can see everybody's kind of connected in that way and their personalities are out over there. And so even that brief intro of what their unique traits are and then how that kind of transitions into the, to the film adds on to the level of, of um, connection that you have and what's going on with them and what happens to them. And that also, I think because of the fact that it's all this family, each thing that happens to them, adds on a lot more to that horror element. Like you feel more fearful, like it impacts you a bit more. At least it did for me, like some oh, yeah. of the aspects of the realistic things mm -hmm. where things were being tearing off of earlobes or somebody getting cut somewhere. Like yeah. it you want them all to survive. Like, yeah. You don't yeah. know what's going to happen or how intense those wounds are. And you feel like, Oh no, I hope that's, you know, you don't know what their outcome is going to be mm -hmm. like. Um, James, what were your thoughts on the actual, like the level of horror and gore for this film, especially compared to, you know, Evil Dead has historically has been very gory, more more in a comedic yeah. standpoint, uh, sense, but has a lot of gore and horror elements to it. Do you feel like yeah. this amped that up? Do you think it was just more scary in general? Like, how did you feel about the horror part of it? Uh, I think they do a really good job with it here. It's it it's it's not as it's not as like I don't know. I think the 2013 one is like the goriest. I think. Could be told, yeah, yeah, and, and horror wise, I think it's the one that's ramped up the most. But uh, this one does have its moments where there's like you know a lot of blink and you miss it things, or like when uh, I'll go to spoilers, I think, truthfully, on that one. But there are some, there are moments in it that are pretty you know up there, especially even just the beginning, like cold opening as a scene where someone's getting like scalped for God's sake. So, yeah, that was that was very intense and, un and uh, unexpected, <laughs> yeah. and and what about Marco on your end? I know we've talked a lot about you know, things that we enjoyed about this movie, really, and and some of the horror elements, even. Mm -hmm. But was was there anything that you felt like was lacking in this film? Again, being that it's a a smaller, more contained film, do you feel like there was something we needed more of in here? N not, I, not necessarily. There were a couple things. The first being, and it, this isn't like, uh, I, I'm not ragging on the film or anything but i expected it to be a little more comedic you know kind of like the original films so i was surprised it had less yeah, comedy and focused yeah. more like james was saying more on the horror and the gore i didn't mind that too much it's just sort of that something i was expecting it being part of the evil dead franchise so just maybe that i was just kind of like surprised more than anything didn't really feel it was missing however i felt like some of the other movies were they were a little bit more like uh uh spiritual i guess you know there, there was a lot more elements of the unknown presence and really all we got is beth being possessed and then her turning you know whoever she killed into uh deadites you know it was uh limited and i guess that's mainly partly due from it 
originally being first stream only on HBO Max and uh, then being moved to theaters and working with the restraints of their budget. But nothing. Do you feel that? Just to ask, you know, I, I know James even mentioned at the beginning, like this film was more tailored for streaming only. Watching it in theaters, do you feel, did you get that feeling that this was more of a streaming film? Even though it was a more contained movie, do you feel that this didn't warrant a theatrical release? No, I didn't feel that at all. I think uh, we we recently experienced a movie that was sort of similar where it took place in one single location. That was Knock at the Cabin and it kind of in, in the same spirit. You know, both were low budget, took place in, in one location. Both are theatrical releases and it worked. Um, when I read it was supposed to be stream only, I was actually shocked. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. But it still worked for on the big screen. All right, so let's talk about what our ratings are for this film before we go into the spoiler section here. James, start with you. How many stars would you give this film? I would give this one a four to five. Very solid. How about you, Marco? How many stars out of five? I would also give this one a four to five stars. I gave it a little less than both of you. I gave it three and a half stars out of uh, five, but still a good time. All right, so we're going to jump into our spoiler section in just a moment here. There's not a lot to really spoil. It's more just talking a little bit more about uh, some of the deaths um, and the, the subplots over here that were going on that we didn't want to spoil for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. So if you haven't seen this film yet, go ahead and just jump forward a little bit. You'll be able to hear what we're going to be watching next. If not, stick with us, and we'll go into a bit more detail of the film and the spoilers. Um, so let me just say from the start that I was surprised by how many people actually died in the family. Those poor kids. I expected them all to kind of live. Yeah. I think that's one of those things where like, it's like an expectation. Like kids don't normally die in these horror films. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's definitely one of those things where in this one, they throw you for a loop and it's even to the point where as soon as you're infected, like you're, you're done for in this one. Right. Yeah. Rid of those expectations, though. I think I think that helped with with kind of changing things up a bit, rather than just yep. having a bunch of zombies around you or something like that. Because because I guess that is a trope, right? Like you said, James, kids don't usually die. You know, they they kind of thrive throughout the film, but they the fact that they not only died but they became deadites and were in their own way. Uh, what was it at the what was it, like a homunculus kind of thing that they formed at the end? They kind of all joined together. Yeah, they um, formed some kind of a creature. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ellie, Danny, and their adopted daughter Bridget, because she didn't look like right. fucking anyone. But yeah, <laughs> she maybe just dyed her hair. Who knows? That's but <laughs> Mikey and I looked over. I said, "Why does the one kid look like she's like?" Does not look like anyone else. In this Wasn't there? I, I heard a theory about her too that they were thinking that she might actually be the daughter of Beth, but kind of like gave up. You know, like there was small little theory. Yeah, you, like you did a deep dive in that yeah, shit. I did, I did see a little bit. I was like, <laughs> no, I dang. I feel like that would have been addressed in the film, but yeah, because you That's know, she's kept calling her groupie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There. What? So, so what did you think about the the James? Just to kind of go to you in regards to the multiple deadites, you know, each family yeah. member essentially becoming a version of it. Do you think that that helped ramp up some of the, the horror aspect? Because yeah. I feel like um, Ellie was, was not as like, she was definitely in the film, but she wasn't as prevalent as they were showing in the trailers. Like they, they left enough room for some of the other, I guess, deadites in this film. I mean, so she's like the main think one. Pre- I think yeah. she was pretty prevalent from what I saw. Like she's just the hallway half the time. Well, she gets in though. And then there's, you know, the struggle and the fighting. And I mean, once again, like I said, like it's a smaller kind of story. But the, the fact that the the kids start turning into it and start attacking, you know, the, yeah, that ramps it up because they're locked in there with them, you know. So um, even like the neighbors that die outside in the hallway become deadites or, you know, some form of them. So it's like um, it just it, it just adds more stakes to it. So, yeah, I, th- I think that was that was my um it, that threw me off a bit because when I saw the neighbors come in, I was like, okay, so these people are all going to die because they yeah, need I said to save somebody. Too. Oh, yeah. So I was like, yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, the kids are going to live, obviously, because they've got all these other collateral damage around yeah, you that's like, just going to kill you. This is some cannon fodder. They, they here. didn't spend like, too okay. much time mm-hmm. on the neighbors. So it's like right off the bat, it's like, all right, they're all mm-hmm. dead. 
Do they this even like, you hint, like one of the neighbors maybe likes Bridget or something? But then it's right. just like, ah, don't worry about it. It's gonna be dead. <laughs> oh yeah, dude gets his know. eye bit off. It's like mm, not gonna yeah. happen. Oh, such a such a. So some of those gory aspects. How did you feel, Marco, about what they really showed? Like the guy had his eye out. The the fucking like James was mentioning eating glass. The uh, scissors being stabbed at various parts of people's bodies. The, che- oh, the I, cheese. The cheese. I, I turn my head away from that. <laughs> so. Yeah, dude. I, I it was they they went balls to the wall with that shit, and I, I loved it, dude. And I, I like that. They had some levity, but not a lot. I don't. I don't think you know. Um, it needed more comedic scenes, though the original series did. But it, it worked for me, dude. I, I liked that it went gore. I was actually quite surprised. I'm like, holy shit! And to hear you guys say that the 2013 one is even gorier, I'm like, how much more gorier than this can it get? Because that there was pretty Ish. fucking intense. I think Somebody it was gorier. This is more cringy. Better to literally cut their arm off that one. So. Yeah, well, th- that scene always haunts me. The when she had the knife or something go in between her tongue, like yep. in such uh, a slow visualization, like that still haunts I mean, me. I think about the 2013 one has a. Uh, I almost said some inappropriate words. A lady cutting her face off, and like you can hear the chopping of it. I mean, that's yeah. it doesn't get much. I yeah. mean, that's also for Dave Alvarez or something that did that one. He's 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 really become a really good horror director too. So, but this one's up there. I don't think it's. Oh, as gory, I mean, it has its elements. Well, yeah, good second, in my opinion, at least. So, mm-hmm. well, there's plenty of blood. I mean, between the bile spit oh, yeah, up, man, blood elevator? being drawn on these kids shaft? in the elevator. Yeah, like it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. the homage to The Shining. I loved that, yeah. by the way. Yeah, there, there was even a, a, a some kind of like a, a fan service of like manga, is it manga or hentai kind of thing with the cords being wrapped around the uh, Ellie at the, near the beginning of the film before she's like turning. Like, I would just, say that that reminded me of the like the trees from uh, yeah. Evil Dead One and Two. Yep, like, kill the the girl in those two, and just kind of hanging up over there. Yeah, like that was wraps ugh. around her and. And James, we talked a little bit earlier about how it compared to the other Evil Dead films. There yeah. were some connections that they tried to bring bring into it. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I want to ask you, because I felt it was out of place. Beth, in the, in the end, whenever she's, I think she says a line that says, like, come come get some or something like that. And I think I'm going to say that. I cheered, I cheered when she said that. I was like, there we go. I was like, there's some connection. Do you feel that that was in character? You feel like that was just kind of there as a, you know, I mean, it was good to see that, but do you think it, it fit with me. the film? <laughs> yeah, it worked for me. I mean, I I needed a little something, you know, and that that that's crashish. I mean, there's also like Ash yeah, is in the um, in the recording, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, he is yeah. Campbell in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I won't spoil Ash vs Evil Dead, but he does some time travel. Near the end of that one, so like it makes sense. So. Uh, see, I didn't finish the season. I was think of trying to figure out why his voice yeah. was there. I was like, yeah, that would have been the twenties. When did he go into the twenties? Yeah, the yeah. ending of that show is pretty open because I think I didn't think it was gonna. I think they expected to probably do another season too. But yeah. um, and then like the you know in uh, uh, Army of Darkness, there's five or six Necronomicons, right? I thought it was just the three books. Is there five or six? I thought it was just five or six. So um, each one is supposedly a different demon. And the one, there's a main one for those first three. The 2013 uses another one. And then this one has another one. That's why they look slightly different. I do. I like that aspect of it. Like they are all connected, but in a different way. So it's not. So if they want to continue making movies, you don't even necessarily have to watch the other ones too before you see this one. Right. I mean, it helps for some of the references, but I don't think it's like necessary. If you want to just go see Agreed. a horror film, you know, but yeah, yeah the, the chainsaw was a little, I knew that was going to be like big by then too. And I was like, okay, that's when they really start putting it on a little too heavy. I think at that point, but all she was missing was getting her the chainsaw was the same color of the car from the first one too, which is pretty cool. They didn't the have, color, right? did you, did you see that Marco that they have the, what was it? An Oldsmobile or something that the they had before? No, the car's, the car's not, not in there. No, the car's not in the Buick in this one. Put it in the one, Yeah. So. Yeah, because usually he has his old car in there. Although it is mm-hmm. the 2013 one in the backyard, so I mean, it who is. knows? Yeah, yeah. Did you guys love the uh, the the very end credit, the little secret scene over there, where uh, there's just a fly buzzing around? I stayed for the whole credits nope, for that. I did not stay. <laughs> it's just a fly. I didn't either. 
I like how it does connect to the beginning of it, though. And you find it out, does. Like, oh, that's how like the chick got possessed, and I guess it's just apparently she was like she, the, the lady didn't hear anything. She was just sleeping all the time. She was saying the same thing. I'm like, this girl was well, she was on the fifth floor. She was on the same floor. I get it. So like, yeah, she's talking about like that bell signal yeah. and yeah, I guess yeah, that was like, damn, you didn't hear one thing though. Like, mm-hmm. actually, you shocking. know what? Truthfully. It it checks out because if all the neighbors would have just stayed in their in their fucking apartments, they would have lived. Think about it. Yeah, but you like you didn't hear a shotgun go off like six times. Like right. that's pretty loud. That's true. Yeah, that is true. But maybe she's a heavy sleeper. Who knows? Could be. Well, I mean, she had a big old trip. She had a big old trip set up. Who knows, guys? Right? Good. Yeah. So, I mean, she yeah. was possessed, picked up her sister, went to a lake house. Like, there's a lot True. that happened. Didn't feel good. Sat in that weird mm-hmm. ass cabin that looks like mm-hmm. it's from fucking midsummer and then fucking just start killing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Marco, any other thoughts you wanted to give on this film or um, any other bits of spoilery things that you wanted to discuss here? Uh, just. Uh, that if the gore worked, you know, I, I can't get over the fact of how how fucking gory it was, man. <laughs> the the homages to the previous movies I think worked too. They had a few lines that that they um kept mentioning, like "Dead by Dawn," "I'll swallow you," "I'll swallow your soul," which were from the previous films. They had plenty of uh, callbacks and Easter eggs to the previous films. Uh, overall, I think the movie was you know was pretty tight for the most part, you know. James added that uh, they ended up connecting it, you know, full circle from the beginning all the way to the end. And I, I like that, too. The, the, sub, the subversions that they did, like, you know, the, all the fucking kids dying, like, that that's pretty fucking sad, man. Damn, like, Chick lost, like, her sister and two of her nephews and nieces. And, you know, now she's stuck raising her little niece and is pregnant. It's, you know... There were a lot of uh, stakes put into the movie, and I, I like that. It made you care. Most most horror movies just use the characters as cannon fodder, and this one actually like made you, you know, root for them and not want them to perish. And I like that. I will say I don't agree with you on Danny though. I thought he was annoying as fuck. <laughs> I liked Good it, man. Him. He was uh, he was protective He's the of this whole family. thing. He's I was going to say, James. I was, was, was like, going to ask you, did you mad at him? Yeah, when he's like, it's all my fault. And they're like, no, it's not. I was like, yeah, it is. No, it's totally your fault. I said the same thing actually. I was like, and he deserves to die. So, dude, he paid paid the price, though. You know, he protected his sister and, you know, took a knife to the chest. Well, once again, it's all because he started it. And he was like, let's go into this mysterious thing. I'd be like, don't do it, kid. What are you fucking crazy? And also, why did they drop that pizza in the beginning? And then they were like, it's ruined. I'm like, Looks fine to me. Could it looks fine. Oh, it's not. I took that. Yeah. It's in the box. There's it's like three pizzas there. over there. They didn't all yeah, get destroyed. I need it. The scene um, in the hallway where they're escaping and they just see the deadites on the floor and stuff. I don't know why. I'm playing the Resident Evil 2 remake, right? That dead ass reminded me of Resident Evil 2 for some reason. Like with the lights flickering and shit and her having to walk there with through the through that with the shotgun. And even like the final like monster at the end, I was like, "Man, kind of reminds me of Resident Evil right now." I'm not gonna lie. This guy there was, I mean, Evil there was a lot of good tension in that in that hallway scene with them trying to escape yeah. and getting into the other room to get to the fire escape. Like, I did enjoy that scene. Um, you never make it into the room. Yeah, they never made it into it. It was all uh, what do they call like a red uh, red herring kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they tried to, but they just realized they can't get into it. Like, fuck. yeah. And I was wondering, like, how they were going to end up getting down to the ground floor. So the too much, too much blood in that elevator <laughs> couldn't handle the weight capacity. You know? Yeah, so they, crash, I was like, they should be technically dead. Yeah, I was yeah, like, they, I don't think the water would have cushioned their fall there, guys. But OK, yeah, but um, I mean, whatever. It's but cool it still it was good. It was a very good tense scene, even when they were trying to escape. And I, I did, um, even though she had the chainsaw, it was, it was obviously callbacks to the other Evil Dead films. Like yeah. that whole scene of of like the 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 mix of the different deadites together coming and attacking them and, and getting into the wood chipper like that was that was pretty tense you didn't know exactly how that was going to play Ooh. out but it was very yeah, event horizon like with the creature yeah if, if you guys yep, yep, that yep. that's what it reminded me of so i mean i enjoyed that aspect i th- that those the tension was there and it made you 
want to know how things were going to go forward. Like they didn't keep, even though some of the old tropes were, were a part of the film at the same time, it was fresh enough that you stayed enthralled into the movie, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I like that aspect of it. And I think all the evil dead films are like that. You know, you, the earlier ones a little corny, but it was, it was not in a bad way. Like you enjoyed it, not yeah. even corny campy more than anything, but you know, you yeah. wanted to see how things were going to play out. Even the, the 2013 evil dead was the same way, a little bit more comedy, but, very gory and yet you a a fresh take on an old movie and this is kind of the same thing like each one of these have been pretty solid entries and what they're what they're giving you and um your interest is always kind of um peaked as you're going through it because you you really don't know what's going to happen next even if you think you do yeah right no i agree i would even say you know like all the all evil dead stuff i think has been pretty solid regardless of you know opinions on them so Hopefully they don't wait another ten years. We can get maybe another film in about two or three years, or a, <laughs> yeah. another kind of series would be good. They kind of keep this franchise going because they, they're pretty solid horror films. All right, and with that, that is the end of our review of Evil Dead Rise, uh, and that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you, um, Marco. Let them know how they can reach us. Listen and follow us on your favorite podcast service. Trust us, we're on all of them. For a quick link to all our socials, visit linktree slash moviepalspod. Thank you and make sure to smash that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Make sure you also stay tuned for our next episode, episode 149, where we're going to be reviewing Guardians of the Galaxy, volume 3. Thank you, Nabil. Until next time, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one.